Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Parenthood Podcast. I'm Amy Laginus, your podcast host and guide to not only surviving, but thriving as a highly sensitive parent. Together, we'll dive into common challenges of highly sensitive parents, hear from other HSPs and empaths about their experiences in parenthood, and learn to honor and celebrate our sensitivity, not only as parents, but as humans. Welcome. Being an extroverted, highly sensitive parent and offering you four tips for the extroverted, highly sensitive parent. Hi there, I'm Amy Laginus, the founder of Highly Sensitive Parenthood, a website and resource center for highly sensitive and empath parents. I'm gonna be talking today about being an extroverted, highly sensitive parent and offering you four tips for the extroverted, highly sensitive parent. So first of all, let's bust a myth. Um, And the myth is that highly sensitive people are always introverted and that extroverted HSPs, highly sensitive people don't exist. Um, It's easy to understand why some people might draw that conclusion Um, HSPs tend to be pretty emotionally attuned to others. We tend to be more easily overstimulated. Um, And that generally leads to us maybe having a lower threshold for enjoying extended uh, social interactions or chaotic environments. Um, So we might need more downtime, more alone time, just to balance out our socialization and to recover from it. That said, Um, The data actually shows, this is research done by Dr. Elaine Aaron, who um, coined the term highly sensitive person or HSP and has done a lot of pioneering research on um, high sensitivity as a trait. So she has um, uncovered that in fact, about 30% of highly sensitive people are extroverted. Of course, that means that 70% of us, the majority are introverted. Um, and of course, there's, this is a spectrum, so it's not really a binary. I mean, the language around introversion and extroversion is, um, I'm either an introvert or an extrovert, but there's, um, there's some people who really uh, are ambiverts, is, is the term for it. They're kind of both, um, or they can kind of slide along a spectrum depending on life circumstances um, or just throughout their lifespan um, that can shift a little bit. So you may find yourself, like me, kind of fitting into neither category completely. I consider myself an introvert, but kind of like barely. Um, I really do enjoy quite a bit of social interaction as well. Um, So in short, highly sensitive extroverts and highly sensitive parents who are extroverted absolutely exist. And they might feel attention here. Um, Attention between being highly sensitive, needing some downtime, being maybe a little overwhelmed by certain environments or social situations, and then also feeling a really, um, a very real need for social connection. It feeds them, it feeds, um, you know, their their souls, their their minds to be with other people. And, and it's a critical part of mental health and, and well-being for those people to, for extroverts to connect with other humans. Um, so when we feel that tension as highly sensitive extroverted parents, um, you can find yourself both wired and tired. 
um, meaning, you know, you're, you're wired, you're kind of keyed up, you're energized by being around other people, and you're simultaneously tired and exhausted and drained by that social interaction. So what do we do with that? Um, I have four tips for you today on how to do that, and I'll, I'll list them out here um, at the beginning. The first is to honor your sensitivity and extroversion. The second is to recognize what triggers your overwhelm and overstimulation. The third is to learn to check in with yourself about your level of overstimulation. And lastly, making sure you are getting enough social interaction for yourself, not for your kid, not with your kids, friends, parents necessarily, but for yourself. So jumping into a little more detail around those four tips um, for you, we'll go back to honoring your sensitivity and extroversion. This may seem simple, but it's really important. Um, so like I mentioned earlier in this video, um, you might notice that your sensitivity and your extroversion, your desire to be around other people, sometimes feel in tension with one another. Um, and that can lead for some people to a bit of imposter syndrome or confusion about like, why am I like this? This is weird, I don't understand. And so what I mean by this tip is just to honor that there's gonna be some tension there, that there might be times um, where your social uh, drive and your desire to be around people wins out. And there might be times where the part of you that um, really needs to take a step back or is feeling overstimulated is also coming up at the same time. So bottom line is you are allowed to both crave and be drained by social interactions. Um, moving on to the next tip, we'll explore this a little bit more, um, what this could look like for you. Recognizing what triggers your overwhelm and overstimulation. So as a highly sensitive parent, you're likely almost certainly overstimulated by certain situations or environments um, or thoughts even. And as a parent, you might crave this connection with other people, other parents, but find that environment. So like maybe like a school field trip or um, like a kid's birthday party, you might find it to be overstimulating. You might find that it doesn't really work well for you, that that type of social interaction is more draining and the type of social interaction that you, that feels life-giving for you as an extrovert might be more one-on-one -on -one or a small group of people rather than a big group or vice versa. Everyone's unique in terms of what fuels them and what drains them. And so my advice to you here is just simply to observe what feels good for you to reflect and recognize hey, I really feel um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally fed and held in this particular type of situation when I call my friend, when I go on a walk with a couple of my closest friends and maybe going to like a mom's gathering of people, a bunch of people I don't know is more draining. Not to say you can never go to that, but just recognizing that, ooh, that tends to be a little more draining for me. Um, so I, I need to factor that in when I'm making plans for my week. Um, so giving yourself permission to give to do less of what overwhelms you and more of what feeds you. The third tip again is to learn to check in with yourself about your levels of overstimulation. So like I've been saying, you might find that like from day to day, what is nourishing for you and what is overwhelming for you like for, it can shift from one day to, to the next and, and maybe going out to 
um, to lunch with colleagues feels great one day and then the next you're like, oh my gosh, like there's not, <laughs> I do not feel like doing that right now. Um, that's going to be too draining and that's okay. So really the point here is to learn to check in with yourself, notice um, sensations in your body, notice those kind of knee jerk thoughts of like, ugh, that sounds bad. Um, or mm, yeah, that sounds interesting. Maybe I can make it happen. Um, or yeah, I really want to go. So listen to kind of those gut feelings. Listen to what your body's telling you. Um, you know, if you notice maybe 30 minutes into a party, a kid's birthday party or a, or a holiday party for your work that you're feeling great, you're feeling energized, you're feeling good. Okay, awesome. Stick around. And then maybe you notice at the 90 minute mark, um, you, your heart's racing you're maybe feeling like a little bit tense, um, you're feeling the need to kind of like exit the situation, then exit, exit, do it. Um, so just noticing when things are feeling good, when things are not feeling good, and then acting accordingly. Sounds simple, but a lot of us um, don't necessarily do that all the time, maybe because we're feeling obligated to stay in a situation, we don't wanna hurt someone's feelings, um, but the reality is most of the time, in, especially in big situations like that, where there's a lot of people, people don't really notice when we <laughs> stay or go and, and we can feel free to, um, to do what works best for us and take care of our own needs. So the fourth tip I have for you here is making sure you're getting enough social interaction for yourself. So as a extroverted, highly sensitive parent, my guess is that you do pretty well connecting with other people, especially other adults, kind of when they're around. You know, maybe you chat up your um, another a fellow mom at drop off, or you talk to your kid's teacher, or um, you know, at the birthday party you stick around instead of dropping off. So there's situations where you might be getting social interactions, and, and they might be fulfilling for you and energizing to some extent. But I just want to make sure that you're not losing sight of what is going to feel good for you and maybe that highlights who you are outside of your role as a parent. Um, that your social interaction isn't always about being a parent or parenting or parenthood or your kid. Um, that sometimes your social interaction is just about you and a shared interest you have with somebody or a point of connection that has nothing to do with um, being a parent. So you might find that, um, for example, if you are a writer or an artist or a scientist or an athlete or a book lover, anything, anything that resonates with you, um, that you you're feeling drawn to connect with other people around that sort of shared interest or within that identity, um, not just as a parent. So play around with that. Um, sometimes, especially in the first few years of parenthood, um, you know, parents can lose sight of their identity outside of uh, outside of being a parent. I have other blogs and um, and podcasts videos on that as well, um, but just. Consider what it might look like to feed yourself socially as an extrovert, but not only in the context of parenting and parenthood. So I hope that these tips have been helpful, helpful for you. If you're interested in learning more and reading more tips, um, I highly encourage you to check out my website. It's HighlySensitiveParenthood.com. Once you're there, you can either um, scroll to the bottom or click um, a very non-annoying pop-up uh, to subscribe to our newsletter. 
That way you'll get notifications um, about these videos. You can also subscribe um, to our podcast or our YouTube channel, wherever you're watching and or listening to this, um, just to keep up with uh, the, the ideas that I have for you and the, the resources that I have for you. Um, and if you're looking for a deeper dive, I also have a couple of paid resources. I have the Highly Sensitive Parenthood course, um, really powerful information, reflection, resources and tools, both for yourself and for um, celebrating your sensitivity and, and overcoming some of the, the challenges that sometimes come up for um, us highly sensitive parents. So um, that can also be found on our website, highlysensitiveparenthood.com. Um, all that I do is for you to encourage you to make these impactful shifts, these meaningful shifts to reduce overwhelm and stress and increase your sense of confidence and peace as a highly sensitive parenthood. So you're welcome to join me um, at highlysensitiveparenthood.com and I hope this has been helpful for you. Thanks for joining us on the Highly Sensitive Parenthood podcast. For more resources, including our blog, toolkit, and online course for highly sensitive parents, visit highlysensitiveparenthood.com.